。对。You are now listening to the Hundred Percent Elite Podcast. You're missing the subtleties. I'm just trying to say happy birthday to you, brother. For、oh. our listeners that don't know,、uh, Jeff had a, a week of birthday content, is what I was trying to say, because he celebrated a birthday earlier this week. So happy birthday, of course, from all of us here at 100% Elite Podcast. It was ruined by COVID scares. Hey man, I celebrated my 30th during COVID, and I got married during COVID, so I get it, man. Oh yeah, so we had a party with. Two people that came. <laughs> we, we bought enough groceries for like we spent like three hundred bucks for groceries and had all these people coming in. We're like, yeah, they all can't come now. <laughs> hey man, funny. It happens. Oh, Weird、yeah. times we're living in. But、uh, I know you're. I know you're getting ready to kick us on over to the news. So let's yeah, do it, let's、buddy. get into some news, buddy. So、uh, my only news is Ben Carter's finally confirmed for NXT UK. Is probably where he's going.、Um, I don't agree with this. I think he just—I don't know. I don't know what he's thinking because he's not going to get that much exposure there. He really isn't. The only the only time those NXT UK people get like big time exposure is when they move them over to the regular NXT show, and then he'll be literally going head to head with AEW that has been beating them solid every single week, <clears throat> and they already have like. A bunch of new people that they signed just to keep them away from AEW. So, I think this is another one of those. Ah, we'll just throw the fucking money truck at you, so you don't sign to AEW, and then we're gonna do nothing with you. What do you got、yeah. on this? <laughs> Now I understand the hostility, man.、Um, we were singing his praises. We had a nice little conversation off recording here that I'll bring bring live. But、uh, it doesn't surprise me. Like I said, looking at The relative size of the roster and the landscape of the storylines at the moment, I think young Ben Carter kind of took a look around AEW and said, "Yeah, like this is obviously like the hot place to be. Like, you know, they really helped me make like a really quick impact on the, you know, with the IWC and what have you. But, you know, where does where does a young guy like that fit in? You know, the the company is going to be carried by the established stars,、um, at least for the foreseeable future." Um, and so there's just not not as much you know opportunity to get on screen time or to get in ring time with like good storylines and and what have you. So it doesn't surprise me. WWE can offer、um, you know opportunities like that,、uh, even if it's not on Raw and SmackDown. Obviously with the with the NXT brands and the performance centers around the world. So 
bat, you know, tough loss for AEW. I think, um, I think we'll see him find his way back there. Uh, no doubt about that. People don't forget moments like he had. Um, so moving right, uh, moving right along. I know that's a sore subject for you, but, uh, <laughs> I just don't want to it. I don't think he's going to have a good run over there. He's not going to have anything. He's a small guy. Vince is going to overlook him. He's not. They they give rare, I mean, rare opportunities to small guys. And then look what they do to like a ricochet or look what they do to any of the new guys that that they've put forward. Uh, What was the guy with the shoulder pads that came in? Roberto Del Rio. Was that his name? He kind of had like a superhero gimmick. No, you're talking about that's Alberto Del Rio is what you were gonna say. I don't, I don't really watch watch the pro, uh, product anymore. I, I think just, I know who you're talking about, but oh, you're talking about Velveteen Dream? No, we that just, dude was wearing shorts. We, just, we just spaced. There was some like little short guy that was wrestling Seth Rollins at one time. I don't remember exactly what his name is. He was Spanish. That's all I know. Um, there was, I mean, he was wrestling a guy named Umberto Carrillo for a little that's, bit. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's who I'm talking shoulder, about. The shoulder pad thing threw me off. I was thinking like football shoulder pads, like uh, Legion of Doom or something. No, he was like dressed like a Power Ranger for a minute. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, what are they doing with him? Nothing? Is he a big star? Is he got a belt? <laughs> no. Dude, no, they, they no, give time no. to Luther and people like that aren't even signed on AEW. You can write your own fucking show if you wanted to they say if you come up with good ideas and bring it to us we will put it on tv you know what you get when you have good ideas at wwe oh yeah just keep chasing Uh, that brass ring (laughs) that's not what this argument is about certainly i i don't think that we're in disagreement there i think the nxt uk brand from what i can tell has really like maintained that like british strong style of wrestling and has not like tried to bend that to the Americanized product because it's not consumed by an American audience. You know, I was about to say, where do you even watch that? The network? That's it. Yeah. I mean, our frame of reference is that, but it airs. I I believe it airs um, overseas and hopefully one of our listeners can confirm this, but I'm pretty sure it airs on broadcast television um, over in the UK and in some surrounding European countries. So, I mean, for what it's worth, uh, you know, again, our frame of reference is just different. I think you've, there's been a lot of cool acts to come out of NXT UK. Some some great women's wrestlers and Rhea Ripley and Tony Storm and Imperium has come from there. And, um, you know, wrestling on the one show was that sweet Tommy and well, he's now Alistair Black, but Tommy End is from that. I mean, there's a lot Finn Balor's from that school of thought. So, again, our frame of reference is just different. So uh, nonetheless, I wish the best to the kid. I mean, I have no ill will towards him as a person. Uh, just hopefully he finds his way back to AEW. I'm going to move right along through these next three pieces. Um, just because we can go on about this forever. I know we could. I really um, spaced announcer. on those guys' names. I, I just threw out some name that I sounded fucking Spanish. Mm. I, um, you said Ra- Rafael Del Rio. I don't know. <laughs> Ricardo Del Rio. Jesus. Um, earlier today, it was announced that... Uh, our favorite guy here, well, one of our favorite guys, the Tri-State, uh, Tri-State Zone, Brian Pillman Jr. will be taking on Nick Aldis for the NWA World's Heavyweight title on December 10th. That's going to be uh, in a little town in Tennessee. Um, if you're in the area, you can go. Definitely go to support if they are allowing fans at the time. But I think that's a cool opportunity for Brian Pillman Jr. Um, we talked about him a little bit last week. Uh, seems like he'll probably be going back to MLW, but sky's the limit for that, sky's the limit for that kid. 
Um, really, really excited for him to get this opportunity. It should be a banging match. Hopefully we can talk about that. Um, a funny piece of news. Uh, it was announced earlier that Sabu, yes, the great Sabu is still wrestling and he's going to be wrestling a match um, coming up here. I'm not sure what the date of that is. Um, oh, it's this Saturday, October 17th uh, versus a guy named Matthew Justice, who kind of looks like a little Roman Reigns knockoff. It's just a little weird. Um, and the last piece of news is supposedly um, it's been revealed that a uh, former NXT guy and now maybe um, current NXT guy, Tino Sabatelli, was the um, leaker of the Eric Bischoff news for AEW. So interestingly enough, I believe he was cut from NXT showed up at AEW um, you know, who knows, maybe talking to him, whatever the case may be uh, was in attendance the night that they taped the Eric Bischoff thing um, and then leaked it. And all of a sudden he's back on NXT. So uh, maybe doing a little bit of bidding for old Vinnie Mac over there. Um, but what a piece of shit that guy is. Yeah, that's, uh, I mean, why? I don't know. It just sounds, it sounds too convenient. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it's not, oh, I didn't know I was going back. I mean, shut the we, fuck up. <laughs> we didn't deserve to have that ruined, man. We really oh, didn't. Yeah. I Luckily, I didn't. I wasn't paying attention. I don't really pay attention to the dirt sheets most of the time. Uh, but, yeah, that's a good mic placement right there. Uh, <laughs> let's get right into dark. Man, this episode's just all over the place. God damn you, Ben Carter. You ruined this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's Evil Uno versus the Blade versus Frankie Kazarian versus Jungle Boy. Um, this match was pretty nuts, man. Uh, the the mm-hmm. two big stars, in my opinion, were Evil Uno and Jungle Boy. Uh, I thought they really shined. I mean, Kaz had his moments. Um, the Blade could look kind of lost here and there. Uh, it looked like maybe he didn't know exactly what his next spot was a couple times, but Jesus Christ. Um <laughs> Uh, Evil Uno was rolled up by Jungle Boy for the win. It was a decent match. It really was. It was a nice way to start off uh, Dark this week. Um, what'd you have on this? Yeah, I like this match. This was a fun match. I, uh, I especially love matches that I don't know the outcome. This was um, really like a combination of a lot of different styles. I mean... These guys uh, all, all have their own, again, unique style. I think they played off each other very well. Um, there was nothing that was too flashy or over the top. There were some classic, you know, heel work against the faces and face work against the heels and all that good stuff. So great in-ring psychology. A really strong match. Jungle Boy picking up the win, like you said. Um, I don't think him picking up the win with that little jackknife pin really does anything to hurt Evil Uno, though I really would have liked to see him go over. I'm um, not surprised, though, that Jungle Boy... Uh, going over uh you know with his match announced next week or i'm sorry with the with the tournament coming up and uh, you know him him doing that so i'm sure they want to build up all their competitors going into that tournament so um anyway after the match uh evil uno calls out uh you know Stu grayson to beat down jungle boy and luchasaurus obviously coming uh wrecking house making the save there so uh faces stand tall i don't know if you mentioned that um but like i said nice little match to uh kick off dark here um, the next match we had was poor, poor Lee Johnson and Cesar uh, Bonani, Bonani. I'm not sure how you pronounce Bononi. it. Bononi. Yeah, I was wrong both times. So it's good. Uh, versus our favorite Lucha Bros. And if we've said it once, we've said it a million times. Lucha Bros, every time they're in the ring, they're putting on a freaking clinic, man. And I'll tell you what, like this match, 
this match only got me amped to see their one-on-one match next week um, in the first round of that uh, AEW number one contenders tournament. I think they're going to fucking tear the house down um, and I'm super amped to see it. So um, not again, nothing crazy about this match. Lucha bros dominating, obviously the superior tag team here. What'd you get on this one? Dude, this Benoni guy really, he really has something though. I mean, his, his fucking gear is awful. It wears some He's just pants. He's a big white dude right now. That's what I'm saying. He's just a big white dude right now. Dude, he had some pretty powerful moves there. Uh, I didn't really write them down, but I remember a couple big spots. And he he's got charisma. You know, he look he knows where to look. He does the little things like I always talk about the in between the move stuff. He's not just thinking, "What am I doing next?" He's you know smiling at the camera, talking yeah. shit to people. He's so got a I little bit say, of something. He just you're needs right. pants. The, the one that double power slam was pretty impressive when he had Penta up yeah. and then caught caught Phoenix. That was pretty impressive. Um, but we'll see. I didn't I didn't see too much. I mean, he was doing the thing. He had some charisma, but there was obviously no personality. But we don't know the guy yet, so he just I mean, needs pants. Probably... Put mm. some pants on, and you'll be fine. <laughs> you you just you're just over the you're just I'm over the tight over thing. It. I Let's know. get out of that era. Let's just <laughs> even FTR man. They're looking kind of rough. Get some pants on, boys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i do i will say like i'm i don't feel strong as strongly as you do but i do think hangman looks better with pants on pants let's do it yeah dude <laughs> dude you gotta take us to this next match man all right this one was brandon cutler versus peter avalon okay so peter avalon smashes brandon cutler just smashes him and then they mm-hmm. get this double dq with the you know the 20 sided die and the the book i mean i did i call this or what yeah no literally was... double dq let's keep it moving pay-per-view on the buy-in is where i'm calling the finish to this match and i don't think it's brandon cutler who's taking this man i think they're gonna do the switch like i said i think uh peter avalon is gonna try to win clean and you see the little tease there of brandon cutler picking up the die and he's going to use it and then he gives it back to Leva, and then later on he picks up the book, and they both get the DQ. So Brandon's already turning; he's uh, he's doing the little heel cheating spots. Um, so I think he's going to mm-hmm. turn. I think it's going to be a complete swap, and and, and it's going to be Peter going over here. Which I think he's the better wrestler, man. I think give him his own gimmick, get him out of the librarian gimmick, split him and Leva up. Yeah, Leva. Um, and and put Brandon with Leva, have her be his manager, or have her fucking wrestle for once. Get mm-hmm. her get her off there, it, dude. She has to be like Brandy's assistant or something like that, because she's always in the background of a shot of Brandy. I don't know if you watch that YouTube show, um, where she it's like a cooking show basically, uh, where she brings on guests and they're all wrestling AEW people that she brings on. So I believe you. Oh, you wouldn't watch that? It's pretty. Oh, it's pretty sir, funny. I'm sure, I just haven't. <laughs> Your boy Orange Cassidy is on there. This episode is probably one of the best. I believe you. But anyways, this match was. I all continue right. to believe you. What did you have on this match before we Yo, get the fuck out of here? I I love Brandon Cutler's gear. I just got to say it, man. Like, oh yeah, that mask is I, fucking dope. That 
dude in the belt like that goes around the jacket that also has like the emblem of the mask on it as well as like and he's got like the horse with the 20-sided die on that um jack on the little jacket not a little jacket but the big trench jacket that he wears mm-hmm. it's just fucking sweet like the look is so sweet so um yeah i mean this this obviously was never meant to be the apex of the avalon cutler story i think they're telling the story right um double dq it was a nice match i mean there was definitely some nice action inside of it um these guys know each other really well so i think when we do i think this is the penultimate match if you will i definitely think there's only one more from now i i I think this is it right they have to i don't yeah i don't don't want to see it anymore after that (laughs) right but but i think that we can both agree that i think they're going to deliver us a great match um Mm -hmm. on that pay-per-view buy and double turn Although if we see the double turn, conceivably Brandon Cutler is no longer going to have that gear if he's a face. So, yeah, I mean, right. what does Peter? Wouldn't that be sweet if Peter Avalon stole it and he became like the little devil? I think that'd be a cool story to tell. But the dragon, um, dragon devil, yeah, that whole gimmick <laughs> thing. I mean, it's red. I, I definitely think there's meant to be like devil connotations with it as well. That's just me with the whole Dice of Doom thing and the Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse on the jacket. Call oh, me I th- weird. I don't know. I thought it was a D and D. It's all D and D. Oh yeah, but I mean, there's like demons in D and D, right? You know. I haven't so. played it, in a long time. <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember. Uh, yeah, we're getting off topic. Let's move on. God, Next, we had a... this is just an all over podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Let's yeah. Let's just get that. <laughs> yeah. Oh my uh, god. Let's get into this Matt's, turn... Matt Seidel and Sunny Kiss because I have oh, yeah, lots right. to talk about on this. What well, the let's f- hear it. What the fuck are they doing with Matt Seidel? First, he has a fucking match with Michael Nakazawa where he gets panties in his face. And then he goes against Sonny Kiss where he probably could have had panties in his face. I don't understand. What are they doing with him? He almost lost. He could have lost yeah. to Sonny Kiss yeah. for no reason. What are they trying to bury this guy? It's... And it was sloppy it's, as fuck. It was this one of the a, sloppiest matches I've seen. Well, and I will say Seidel has not had, you know, and again, I'm not someone who's familiar with his work like pre the past, you know, since the since the uh, uh, pay-per-view and the, you know, the two times we've seen him since then. I'm not too familiar with his work, but he's been relatively, you know, not not super tight in any of those affairs. So. Uh, this is more of the same. I don't know what they're doing with this guy. I don't know if he's an AEW guy. We haven't seen a graphic to say that he's all out or that he's all elite rather, um, which is strange seeing him go over um, AEW talent. You know, they spent a lot of time, it feels like, on Sonny Kiss lately, uh, building him up as a threat. You know, the announced team has done a good job of putting Sonny over lately, but then to lose to Matt Seidel, if you're going to give Matt Seidel a win, like it doesn't need to be over Sonny Kiss. Um, yeah. So that's my only problem. Um, again, Sonny Kiss, as we've discussed in the past, is not at the point where he's going to be, you know, calling a match and leading a match. Um, and I don't, I, you know, call it, I don't know if they're familiar with these, each other or not, but Matt Seidel did not seem like, you know, he was in for it to call the match and, and, and be the leader of the match in that respect. So, uh, this match did kind of fall flat to me. Um, he did hit that, uh, Cobra clutch for the submission, uh, over Sonny Kiss here, but, Again, I mean, I don't. This match didn't do either performer any favor or favors, rather. Is is his finisher a Russian leg sweep? Um, 
Yeah, I, I don't know if that's I don't know if that's his finisher. I mean, he's got that top rope move. Um, he hasn't used but, his shooting star press. Apparently, he's known for for his shooting star like, press. He still hasn't done it yet. Is it? You think he's kind of scared ever since he fucking almost died? <laughs> like maybe I just I don't throw know. him anymore. <laughs> I mean, maybe it's just a gimmick thing. Maybe he'll pull it out at some point again. It's, it's weird. I don't know. Is this guy? Is this guy all elite or what is he? You know? Yeah. Um, I think Sonny Kiss can have good matches with people, but it needs to be somebody that'll bring the aggression out in mm. Sonny Kiss. Uh, because when Sonny Kiss is out there just having fun, everything is very light. Everything is very, um, there's no oomph to it. You know what I mean? There's no, I'm going to lay you out. There's no aggression. Cody pulled out the aggression in Sonny Kiss, uh, but it, it, it's, it, I don't know. Too much fun out there, not enough uh, trying to take someone's head off, and I think that's what I think that's what Sonny's missing completely is the I don't believe no matter what he throws at people, unless it's somebody else pulling him into that aggression, uh, that anything that he pulls is laying somebody out. You know what I mean? When you watch it, I mean, and we'll talk about the Orange Cassidy and Cody match uh, later because I had a a little tweak on on that too. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Intensity is what's missing there. But let's Mm -hmm. just dive into this next match. Three, four, and ten versus Aaron Solo, Mbadu, and uh, Angel... Who was that? Angel Fashion. Fashion. That was his name. It was quick. Um, I didn't really get too much into this. I'm not going to lie. Um, Jesus. <laughs> Join the dark order.com. I think they have enough recruits, man. I don't think you need to be <laughs> recruiting any more people. Uh, Coke. Cabanas. It's not me. I don't know what you're talking. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> uh, I mean, look, silver and Reynolds are, are great. Uh, Preston Vance has got the size. Um, I don't know if I'm just over the dark order or, or if they just, the, the, if it's not Stu Grayson and evil Uno, I just don't silver and Reynolds are a good team. I don't know. I just wasn't that invested in this match, knowing that they're obviously going to win Aaron solo impressed me a little bit. Um, and Badu's got the size. He looks good. Uh, what'd you have on this match? Yeah, and you know, uh, fashion didn't really get too much in. No, um, offense in this match. Uh, I think the problem with Dark Order, and you're you're having it. You know, I'm sure many other people are having it. I recognize the problem being that there doesn't seem to be a purpose to the Dark Order other than doing Brody Lee's bidding, mm-hmm. other than doing the Exalted One's bidding. There's no purpose. There's no. Um, I guess mantra or whatever you want to say it. Like, what is their overall purpose in AEW? Is it to infiltrate and spread their darkness through the whole roster? Like, what is it? Because they haven't seemed to have been doing that. Again, they seem to be wrestling otherwise pointless matches because they're not, they haven't really been leading anywhere. Or again, doing the bidding and protecting for Brody Lee. So it's like, I think it's hard to get invested in them as you're finding it right now. I, could you agree with that? Yeah, that no, that's ex- literally exactly what I was trying to put my uh, my finger on there. It mm-hmm. it they have there's nothing going on to where they should even be in matches right now. I think 
I think their BTE content is is the best thing that they have going for them, and that doesn't get them over. I mean, no, people it's, watch it's the show, com- but it's more comedic, right? Yeah, I think yeah. I think they're getting lost in that comedic stuff too, because even Silver is doing the comedic shit uh, to the ring, like it's you know doing the little dances and putting on Orange Cassidy's glasses and 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 making a fool of himself when they're supposed to be the dark order. They're supposed to be this mysterious force that comes in and doesn't, you know, want any of the baby faces to win whatsoever. And they want tag gold. It should be about Mm -hmm. belts. It shouldn't be about, I mean, or spreading their cause. Like I said, I mean, they were getting, they were getting members really quickly. And then they do this thing with Colt Cabana and like all of a sudden, like, are they done recruiting? You know, there's that little Anna J. Tay Conti storyline going on, of course, but on the men's side, there's, you know, again, are they are they happy with where they're at? We don't know. They don't talk about it. <laughs> we don't so. need any more applicants anymore. We're full up. <laughs> Join the Dark Order. It's closed. <laughs> uh, yeah, but from there, uh, like you said, Dark Order picking up the quick win here. Um, it's a weird triple team too. It's like a yeah underdog. They didn't really say that, you know. <laughs> no, um, I meant you know, John Silver hitting the spear on Aaron Solo, and then like you said, that triple team move. So they were holding uh, him up there. like he uh-huh. was like he was on uh, like a swing or something, and John Silver uh-huh. went underneath him and flipped him. Or I don't know, kind of weird. It was rather strange. I don't know. <laughs> so, You're like uh, from there, moving we on. moved on to uh, yeah, moving right along. Uh, <laughs> Elena Elena Black versus Red Velvet. I didn't have much on this thing. It was a it was a nice back and forth match. Um, pretty quick. Um, Red Velvet hitting the I think they're calling it just desserts. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, which is essentially a, do- a knee a double knee rather running double knee to the back of the head. So, um, or I don't know if it's I can't remember if it's the back of her head or not. But anyway, a double knee. She again quick back and forth, and she picks up the win. I don't have really much on this match. What about you? I like Red Velvet, man. She's not bad. She really isn't. Uh, mm-hmm. she keeps saying short and sweet. Uh, I mean, obviously that's her name, but, uh, <laughs> Brandy Rhodes came out in leather pants, man. How could you, how could you not love this match? <laughs> oh, well, uh, exactly. Um, right. Brandy Rhodes, uh, on commentary though, kind of putting, putting out these like almost tag team feelers with, with her talking her up uh saying that she she really likes her that they've been getting along that they've kind of helped each other out here and there um do you see this forming a tag team with both of them or and and where the fuck did Allie go she's just gone that's it we're supposed to forget about it I don't know what they're gonna do I this Elena Black girl had a had a um a graphic a few days ago I guess she signed with all elite as well I um I don't know and and that girl that didn't just seem too like... bad either. She's got a, a weird gimmick with a coffin with yeah. an AEW mask in it, a COVID mask. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> what does this even no, mean? I, I get it. I think there's, I think a lot of people are trying to like capture, a, and I'm not saying like ripping off the Undertaker's gimmick by any means, but like that whole like dark side of wrestling, dark side of like the human mind. Like, I mean, Bray Wyatt does a really good job with it obviously but no one really since undertaker so i think a lot of people try that um but in any case yeah this was a quick match i don't know how i feel about red velvet and brandy it seems too obvious to me um 
So maybe they'll pull it off for that reason. Like you said, Allie's gone. Um, Blade maybe getting his house in order like we've been talking about for a couple weeks here. So uh, we'll see. This is taking a we'll while to get this house in order, man. <laughs> he showed up. I mean, we saw him you know, earlier tonight. So in any case, uh, from there, we moved on into uh, Fuego Del Sol versus the Starkman Jones, the always great Ricky Starks. Um, right out of the gate here, Ricky Starks, you know, pretty much taking control of this. Uh, you know, Fuego Del Sol trying to fight back. Um, you know, gets a little bit of offense in, but you know, this pretty much was Ricky Starks all the way through. Um, you know, he pretty much took the headset at some point or at the very end of this match, and he I just what did he yell? He said, like, this is AEW Starks or something like that. And mm -hmm. like pretty much comes back in the ring and just demolishes demolishes Fuego Del Sol with a spear and a Rochambeau for the one, two, three. Looking like a beast here, Ricky Starks, which I love. What'd you have on this? Yeah, you hit on the notes, man. Uh, it was great. That spear, like, midair uh, and mm -hmm. the Rochambeau, man. That's a It's a nice little move, but I don't... How the fuck is he going to pick somebody bigger than him up and do that Rochambeau? I think that's why he's got the spear. <clears throat> I mean, we've been talking about this. Like, I really enjoy that AEW, like... Really, really, most of their competitors seem to have multiple ways that they can finish off an opponent. So I'm a big, I'm, I'm okay with it. Then we, uh, we get right into this, uh, Scorpio Sky and, and, uh, Spears promo. Uh, they're talking about, uh, well, it's not both of them doing a promo. It's, it was Sky doing a promo and Spears kind of interrupting and then CD kind of having his back a little bit. And uh, so then Sean Spears is like, fine, I'll take care of you next week, man. Uh, let's do it. So I guess we're going to get CD and Sean Spears leading up to a big Scorpio Sky Sean Spears match, which they got into a little bit more on Dynamite in a promo. Um, what, what do you think about this, man? You think this is just some, hey, we're all just sitting around. Let's start getting these guys some in-ring work? Or I think so. And and. To me, that's the one thing, you know, I feel like during COVID, it made a lot of sense. And obviously, we're still going through COVID. Um, we're not going to get into the the politics of COVID and, and all this good stuff. But for what it's worth, you know, things are, are trying to go back to normal, relatively speaking. So, uh -huh. you know, now that we're at that point, I'm just like, if we're going to have a second show, like, let's get our let's get some of our guys that like, you know, are going to be like really involved with the company some screen time like on dark i feel like for a while there we've really gotten to this role of like many many like jobbers you know and they were trying not to treat them like jobbers we get it you know they were giving them time to work especially when there was no work going around with no independent shows going around but realistically like those ma there was a string of time there with dark where we were just getting a lot of matches that were and we know the outcome of this match you they know were we about that What's that? So they were meaningless, man. They weren't even padding yeah, records. That, certainly, certainly. When when the stats don't really even matter because they're still doing these, oh, let's just go ahead and fight for the number one contendership uh, like all the time. Like what does the rankings even mean anymore when they're mm -hmm. padding these people's record with a million enhancement talent matches that don't mean shit. There's no storyline involved. So I I do like this just because it gets – sky and spears into some kind of storyline to where there's going to be a match at the end in a payoff so i guess yeah. that's where i'm at with it uh, yeah and i mean who knows maybe maybe this is a way for you know 
uh, FTR to come to Sean Spears' aid, you know, if if all of SCU shows up conceivably. Who knows? We all anticipate that that's the move that will be made at some point, but it's, I got to say it's been a lot slower than I thought it was going to be, and I think mm-hmm. you would say the same thing. Yeah, get it over with. Let's let's get them together. <laughs> then you can have Sean yeah, Spears on the yeah on the yeah. Apron. We don't want we don't want this like Ross and Rachel friends thing. Like, will they? Won't they? Like, just fucking do it. <laughs> <laughs> you want to get on into this uh, gun club match? Yeah, let's uh, let's get this over with. Ryzen and Max Stardom versus the Gun Club. The only good thing about this match is Austin Gun finished it with that quick draw. Man, hitting the quick draw. That move is slick. He he really uh, he's got it fine tuned in my opinion. Hopefully, when he gets a little bit more out on his own and, and is doing it more frequently, we'll be able to see it hit out of nowhere. It, he can he can hit it in the first couple minutes of the match when they're doing the they always run against the ropes in the beginning. He can always instead of hip tossing hit one of those moves, surprise somebody. Um, it, it's a nice little move, man. I really like it. What did you have on this match? Because I don't have a whole yeah, lot. Yeah, man. I don't have a whole lot. I, I hate somebody going by the name Max Stardom. Max with two X's, for the love of God. Like, are you <laughs> wrestling like in like a gladiators in the 1980? Like, come on, dude. I just, but he got, he actually got some offense in here. Rising got some offense in here. Um, not much. This match wasn't all that impressive. Um, but yeah, I, I knew what you were going to say from the start. You and I hadn't, hadn't talked about this match to this point. Um, but I agree with you. The best thing to come out of this match was uh, old Austin getting the win, like we've been asking for him, uh, you know, for the last few weeks here. So hats off to him for picking up uh, picking up the uh, pin here. Um, but yeah, not much of a match. So uh, from there, we moved on into Darby Allen versus Nick Camaroto. I believe that uh, this guy was in NXT for a while, wasn't he? Correct me if I'm wrong. Fuck if I know. He looked like yeah, a monster. He looked like uh, yeah. What? Oh, fuck. There's a there's a bad guy from uh, Master of the uh, Masters of the Universe that he kind of looks like Animal <laughs> Man. What? Uh, anyways, uh, the dude's fucking nuts. Yeah, yeah, he looks crazy, which was awesome. You know, he he definitely took the fight to uh, Darby Allen here. You know, as we expect, if you're not taking the fight to Darby Allen, you're going to be like a Marco stunt size dude because. Obviously, Darby Allen is small enough to get pushed around a lot. But uh, Nick looked really good here. I thought, you know, he didn't look out of place. He didn't look uncomfortable in the ring. Um, he definitely knew how to play that crazy monster, um, dominating character, and 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 realistically, the leader of the match. I mean, Darby sold really, really well for him. We've always talked about Darby selling um, in this match. But again, uh, I didn't expect Darby to lose this match from the start, obviously. Uh, you know, he gets the bulldog off the top rope, hitting the coffin drop for the one, two, three. But uh, again, with with the expectation that Darby was going to win this, I thought uh, Nick Camarado came out, um, you know, kind of looking like the winner in this match. He looked really good. What'd you have on this? Dude, Darby works well from the from the selling point here, man. Yeah, always from yeah. the ground up from the bottom. You know what I mean? He he does this with uh, Mox, with Jericho. He makes himself look fabulous uh with with just getting his ass beat and coming back in these little spur moments kind of like orange cassidy does only cassidy does it in a in a lazier way <laughs> sloth style baby <laughs> God. um but yeah darby allen man he's he's 
already coming into this gimmick like perfectly. The coffin drop is just vicious. When he hits people, it looks like he's he's smashing into them. Um, so nice little win here. This Nick uh, Kamar Toro or whatever the fuck his name was was massive, beating the shit out of Darby Allen. Uh, I could see him working in a place like AEW, maybe being a part of the what is it, the Chaos Project, uh, part of the Crazy Group. Um, Dark Order. Dark Order, another? No. Let's Dark Order. I'm just messing with you. Let's water down the Dark Order a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) There's too many. Uh, After this, uh, we get into this Kylan King promo. Dude, I hope she gets signed. I really do. This promo was awesome. Um, Calling out Nyla Rose. Uh, I mean, that's big shoes to fill, man. Nyla Rose is, uh, I mean, not not to be just straight up front with it, but she's a fucking beast for a reason, man. What did you have? The native beast. Well, well, one, you missed, uh, you forgot to mention Darby attacking Ricky Starks um, after the match as well. Further their storyline, conceivably at full gear, we'll get a one-on-one match again. Hopefully. Um, Yeah. You know, I like this promo. Uh, My only problem is the same problem as, uh, I for the love of God, was it Isaiah Cassidy or Mark? It was Isaiah Cassidy promo where you kind of mentioned that he kind of took Scorpio Sky's uh, promo and just kind of dubbed it. They called him Le Champion Bitch or Le Bitch or whatever. And then, um, you know, Kylan King calling uh, Nyla Rose instead of a native beast, the native bitch is just kind of like, all right, like we get it. Like the bad guys are bitches. Like, cool, let's move on and come up with something new to say. But I do like Kylie King as well. I definitely think she's a believable opponent for sure for uh, Nyla Rose. So I'm excited to see this match. And let's see that damn graphic, like you said. We want to see that she's all elite. Yeah. Um, she's definitely got it, man. And she hits hard. She's she's big enough uh, to mm-hmm. be in this women's division. Um, and I think she actually has like a little bit of charisma, man, especially with these, this promo. I, I know the ending of it was a little... Uh, lackluster but for somebody who hasn't had a lot of tv time and not a lot of screen time she definitely cut something that made me go okay well, i'll watch your fucking match that's right there if not i was gonna probably skim through it and and get the notes for this podcast but i watched the match and it we'll get to it um the next match was cole cabana versus griff garrison i was hoping griff garrison was gonna win <laughs> You you missed your uh, it's just writing on the open. Uh, um, oh, I'm not trying to hide it. I am what I am, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> uh, dude, is Colk Banna evil? You know, is lackey. Like, is that what he's boiled down to right now? Just kind of he's like Evil Uno was standing out there like he was Brody Lee now, in his suit. He's like, come on, get him. Blah blah blah. It. Cole Cabana should have been a, I mean, he could have been something a little bit more than a evil Uno's lackey. It that's exactly what it feels like to me. Griff Garrison yeah. should have, should have pulled the win here. Yeah. I hate, I hate Griff taking the loss here, especially after um, he and Brian Pillman took their first win the other week. Yep. Um, but I, I get what you're saying. You know, the Cole Cabana storyline is relatively interesting. Um, there were a lot of people that just assumed that he was going to go after Brody Lee, um at some point but i don't think that that makes sense because brody lee the way they built him up would demolish cole cabana Mm -hmm. like he was a a fly so maybe they start and 
evil uno Cole cabana storyline i don't know it's it's interesting to see where they'll go um but again you got to get on the mic you got to tell us what your agenda is you got to tell us what your purpose is so right now we don't know but uh, he hits that uh, billy goats curse um for the for the submission victory um does not hit the uh the uh discus lariat that old lariat clothesline which he had he had done which was interesting because that's brody's finisher but uh you know rather opting for the submission this time so uh, in any case, uh, we moved on from there to uh, the aforementioned match that we just talked about, Nyla Rose versus Kylan King. Um, well, I will say, uh, good promo yep. um, did not back it up in the ring. Um, well, it looked like for a little bit like she got in her head at the beginning of the match. Um, but then pretty much when she got like caught on that crossbody, it was you know, like pretty much all Nyla Rose. There was a, a reversal in there, but I mean, this was all Nyla Rose. Oh yeah. Know? It was made to look like a fucking squash. That's yeah. What... Yeah. Release German suplex beast bomb just for the just funeral of Kylan King, unfortunately. Yeah. She flattened her with that beast bomb. And then, you know, you had Vicky Guerrero cutting this, cutting this promo with Nyla, just standing <clears throat> behind her looking, looking like a vicious vixen or is it, is that what it is? It is vicious. Yep. <laughs> oh, man. You going to get that T-shirt? No. Come um, on, dude. <laughs> no way. I'm going to send you one for Christmas. Just send me a Penelope Ford T-shirt and I'll be happy. <laughs> I don't think your wife would be too happy, though. <laughs> She'd probably wear it, too. Um, she is hot. No one could deny it. Man or woman. Joey Janela versus D3 fucking three brain busters was he trying to kill this dude <laughs> yeah he just... there didn't seem like it was pointless too yeah well, i mean who is he getting aggressive for yeah I don't, I don't know uh but flatten this this d3 kid um for the win man that's that's pretty much all i have d on this match d3 did get some nice little offense in i thought um nice little head scissor in there uh he hit that like hanging neck breaker uh, in the middle of that, but yeah, this is a, one of the more dominant matches that Joey Janela has been booked in, mm -hmm. where he was not on the receiving end of somebody being dominant. So uh, that was rather interesting to see. I don't, I don't believe him as a guy that's going to destroy somebody. I think we've seen enough guys come in where you're like, you should be destroying these people instead of letting them get so much offense, and it just didn't make sense to me, like why those decisions are made. But Joey Janela can, you know, all but destroy this kid from Sparta or wherever yeah. he is from. Roma, <laughs> Roma. <laughs> I liked this. I liked his gimmick. I thought that was fun. But uh, this was all Joey Janela. Um, in any case, from there we moved on to poor, poor Elijah Dean um, versus our man Wardlow. Man, hey, it's a good. It's a fine show. It's a really fun show to see Wardlow destroy somebody at, at any time. Um, what the fuck was like Elijah Dean thinking? Slapping Wardlow in the face. Like, that was just dumb. <laughs> I mean, that's just dumb. That fucking knee, man. He just, oh my he God, looks like he dude. murders people. Yes. How do you yes. take that move? You're falling and somebody puts a knee in your face. I'm pretty sure that hurts. I can have I'd to. say so. I'd say so. And I like that he's not getting pinfall wins here. I really, really like that the ref stopping these matches. I think that that really feeds into his character as a dominant mm -hmm. force very well. 
Yeah, I, I I really like this man. He he threw the spine buster. He didn't even have to go all the way down. He literally just picked this dude up and threw him. And then he did that big wind up clothesline and flipped mm-hmm. the dude. He's a fucking powerhouse, man. Wardlow needs to I really think Wardlow needs to get out of the 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 shadow of MJF. Maybe maybe this uh this thing that we'll talk about later. <laughs> we'll get into that. Um well, maybe maybe he'll start branching out a little bit. Maybe he'll be able to get out from under the the diamond uh, ring of one MJF. But last match on dark, finally forty three fucking minutes in. <laughs> Eddie Kingston, it's a long one, a lot oh, of matches. God, it's fucking sixteen segments. That's for sure. Uh, Eddie Kingston versus Baron Black. Uh, it was a. It was a nice little match, man. Standing guillotine for the win. Uh, chokes him out. Kind of doing... Uh, they they said they were he was throwing shots at Moxley, but uh, I don't know. I, I hope this goes somewhere. I really do. I hope this whole, this whole him chasing down Mox thing really goes somewhere where it, it gets me emotionally invested in this storyline. Because right now I'm like, well, yeah, he keeps it popping up. And keeps mentioning Mox, but nothing's really happening. There's no big matches. There's no, um, there's no, I mean, we had a little bit later. We'll talk about that, but, um, I don't know. We give me something more, cut some more promos, mm-hmm. do something, do some more dastardly mm-hmm. shit. What do you got on this? I thought that I thought this was rather fast for a main event. It was a rather short, mm-hmm. short segment. There was a lot jammed packed. Um, but, you know, uh, essentially, Eddie Kingston gets clotheslined and gets suplexed and pretty much stands up <laughs> and uh, hits a kitchen sink, uh, spinning back fist. And I think they're calling that uh, submission maneuver the front chancery or something like that um, for the win there. That's standing guillotine. Yeah. Uh, that spinning back fist doesn't really doesn't really do much for me. I used to think no. the Judas effect didn't do much for me, but now I think it's the spinning back fist that doesn't do much <laughs> for me. I will say if I was in like a street fight and somebody hit me with that, I wouldn't be happy by any means. Um, but did, it does in the, in the wrestling ring. It doesn't seem very uh, devastating to me. He, he opens up his hand at the end and that's the uh-huh. only thing I see. So I see him doing this spinning back fist. And if he had a closed fist, that's knocked people out in the UFC. It, I mean, it really has. So, mm-hmm. but him opening up his fist and basically just backhanding people. So it's like a spinning backhand. He's a big pimp hit slap. You know, <laughs> <laughs> he's literally just spinning and. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that was dark. Um, that was dark. I think it's time. I think it's time for us to get right into. The official homework of the week. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are here. Homework of the week. Uh, you can go ahead with your homework because mine, I am changing on the fly. So, this is a match that's near and dear to my heart. You talk about how AEW brought you back to wrestling. Um, and I didn't really leave too much. You know, intermittently, I'd say I would, you know, tend to trail off and come back sometimes. We've talked about that in the past. But WrestleMania 25, this is Undertaker Shawn Michaels 1. 
Now, Undertaker Shawn Michaels, too, at WrestleMania 26 is a great match as well. But this match just, this match made me believe that pro wrestling, like, still had a shot. Um, you know, really transitioning to some younger talent. Um, I mean, it's 10 years ago now, but both these guys, obviously, more on the back end of their careers here, um, just delivered, you know, in my book of matches I've seen, one of the top 10 matches I've ever seen for sure. So in any case, it's WrestleMania 25, Shawn Michaels versus The Undertaker. Number one, Shawn Michaels looking to end the streak of The Undertaker. Um, Undertaker, obviously, uh, not taking too kindly to that, but an amazing match. What do you have? Well, I had somebody in my homework segment that had a match on the 13th, um, but he has uh, he's moved away, so we aren't going to talk about him anymore. Um, so my new homework uh, is because it's Kenny Omega's birthday today, I'm pretty sure. Happy birthday. It is, um, indeed. So we are going to – we, me. I am going to give you the homework of Kenny Omega versus Pac, the Iron Man match. Uh, on that episode of Dynamite. It was an amazing match. That is my homework for this week. Fuck Ben Carter. Um, and, <laughs> I mean, I'll tell you what match. It was Ben Carter versus Chris Sabin. Uh, Impact Explosion. Uh, yeah, 10-13-2020 was the match. But that's not the homework. Because it's not. Let's get into dynamite, ladies and gentlemen. This is the You're weirdest You're not bitter or anything. <laughs> this is the weirdest podcast we've done so far. Uh, <laughs> this first match, man, Best Friends versus FTR. I thought the Best Friends had it coming, man. I am I have a fucking half a page of notes because of how many good spots there were in this in this match, man. We started off with these huge chops by Cash. Uh I mean, just they were both such solid tag teams in this match to me. Uh, you know, FTR really cutting the ring in half, um, using the tag ropes, following the rules, um, doing everything. This match to me was fantastic. We had a Falcon Arrow from Chuck. We had, uh, I mean, a fucking phenomenal hot tag from him coming in, just cleaning house, Tope Suicido, all kinds of stuff. The running knees, they hit the strong zero, they hit the half and half, uh, or uh, what is it called? The soul food half and half combo, uh, the big running knee, and I thought this was it, you know. Uh, and then FTR hits that sweet toss-up powerbomb, they, they, they come back. The only problem with this fucking match that I had was the ending, where he obviously goes to swing the fucking belt in the ref ducks and doesn't count it as a DQ. Like you obviously knew somebody got hit by that fucking belt. You did you Rick Knox ducked out of the way and didn't see the cheating get you know happening. It you can't call what you can't see. Hey, maybe FTR has a referee in their back pocket. You know, that's that could be a storyline eventually. Um but yeah, I mean you hit pretty much a lot of the notes on this match. Um you talked about the damn DDT fest. You missed that one though. Um, I, this was, this I skipped was, it. What's that? <laughs> I skipped it just so I could get into this that Rick Knox spot, man. Yeah, you left me some. You left me <laughs> left you a little right. bit. <laughs> uh, this is a great match. It was like uh, this. FTR hit this like double assisted power bomb um, on Trent for a two count. Like that one looked brutal. I'm saying there was a lot of near falls in this match. This was a good yeah, match. Both these teams obviously set out uh, to put on a clinic. FTR really selling well for best friends here um i thought this was 
one of the better tag matches that they've had since they've been in AEW. Actually, I, I don't think, I still don't think it to this point that we've seen their best. I don't know if they're holding back. They're a damn good tag team, but I know they got more in them, but uh, not surprised to see the, you know, the heels cheat to win here. Quote, you know, so to speak, um, mm-hmm. it does a good job protecting best friends. They put on a clinic out there just as much as FTR did, but I'm um, not really hurt by this loss. So, uh, I'm a fan of the way it went down. It was not, it's not FTR's time to give up the belts. Obviously we know who's going to be dethroning them. Um, so we'll wait to see when that happens, but a really, really strong start to the anniversary show. Uh, from there, we moved into Kip Sabian with the always lovely Penelope Ford and the best man Miro versus Sean Maluda and Lee Johnson. It's never a good week when Lee Johnson has taken two losses in two nights. That always makes me so sad. Why can't we just give Lee a chance? That's a horrible um, song. Case, what's that? <laughs> so that's a horrible song. <laughs> hey man, I'm gonna keep singing it until it happens. So he might, um, he might get one. Yeah, I mean, this is pretty much uh, the Miro show. You know, AEW is obviously getting behind this guy. Um, they're gonna keep pushing him, and good thing for Kip Sabian too. I mean, all it does is elevate his star potential mm-hmm. uh, when he's with with uh, an already established star such as Miro. Um, just looking like a fucking beast, like he's always looked in the years that I've been watching him. Um, locking in now, not known as the Machka Lock, but the game over. Um, so getting the submission victory here, uh, beating down Kip or uh, beating down. Um, I'm sorry, lost my train of thought. Uh, <laughs> cutting a really good promo on the best friends for uh, damaging the arcade machine. So the looks like we're friends. gonna best friends are gonna be moving on from FTR for the time being and moving into a program with uh, Miro and Kip again. Both good for them because it's gonna be elevating, uh, you know, their place on the card. What'd you have on this? So uh, during that FTR best friends match, you had Trent spearing that arcade machine. And and Kip Sabian basically told Penelope Ford, run and go get Miro. <laughs> they destroyed <laughs> our shit. And so he comes out there, good friends, you broke my shit. <laughs> Game over. Uh it was a it was pretty cool, man. I gotta say, the 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 camera placement where they he was speaking right into the camera, uh he looked vicious. You had Kip Sabian even looking angry. Uh, and you get a little bit of Penelope Ford I needed to make this segment good. Um, <laughs> and I just, I hate, do you hate Miro's blonde hair? Or do you like it? I think he looks cool, man. I think I, it looks cool, but he looks like an old man trying to be Macaulay Culkin for Halloween. I'd rather, <laughs> I'd rather have him do that than the, the long hair that he had. I'd rather. Yeah. Him, I, yeah. I'll give you that one. The stringy hair. I'd rather him do that than like watch his wife get with another guy the whole time. It just, you know what I mean? It's a weird cuck situation, <laughs> man. Oh God. So let's talk about things that aren't that. Cause after that, uh, Lance Archer is <laughs> beating this shit out of John Moxley. Uh, you know, just, it happens a couple more times, um, throughout, but I know that you're ready to take us up to MJF's big announcement, right? Yeah, because we need to talk about this. So MJF and Jericho, um, so MJF's out there talking this big game about his big announcement. And, uh, he asked to, he asked Chris Jericho to join the inner circle. And then Chris Jericho kind of tells him, like, well, maybe. Uh, is this where 
Is this where Jericho splits off from the inner circle? Like, is this what's going to happen? I, it would, I've been watching Jericho for a long time and it is about that time for Jericho to turn face. It really is. I mean, that would be um, nice, but I, I would think that MJF takes over. Yeah, that's what I'm circle. saying. I think I don't think it's happening this second. I think it's a slow burn, um, but I think MJF takes inner circle from Jericho. I really, I think that, I think that's the end game here because there's no point to have two mouthpieces in inner circle, and they're not going to tease us not to let it happen. Yeah. Like, that'd be pointless. I, I See, this is what I kind of see happening. I, I see Wardlow not being involved kind of getting pissed off like you're just gonna fucking go take over the shit and and what stop paying me say goodbye you know what i'm saying i think that will put in a feud with him and it, it seems like him and hager first um and then we have sammy guevara he's kind of pissing sammy guevara off first so maybe mjf and and sammy guevara kind of have a thing but then we get into this matt hardy thing later i don't know where they're fucking going there's too many like intertwining storylines here maybe this is good because it's keeping me guessing uh Mm -hmm. but i just don't i don't see any other way that this ends i mean obviously chris jericho and mjf go against each other but mjf has to take over the inner circle if he's gonna have a group or maybe he makes his own group to go against the inner circle it just doesn't i don't know those are the only two outcomes i see in this storyline yeah, I'm going to stick to my original guns. I think uh, MJF comes in and supplants Jericho as the inner circle, thus completing Jericho's face turn. So I do believe, again, I Jericho's a chameleon. He doesn't stay in, he doesn't overstay his welcome typically. Mm-hmm. And I'd say given the recent, especially, you know, the 30 years celebration, every, you know, everybody always singing his intro like, is prime for a fucking face turn at this point. Uh, that's that's my opinion. So, I think it's a slow process, maybe drawn out. You know, I think past full gear, maybe to revolution of next year or something like that. We'll see what Fozzie's ends up doing. Um, you know, obviously Fozzie dictates some of his time and wrestling. So, um, we'll see what happens, man. Uh, but really interesting. I thought the the jacket being like way too big for Sammy was just perfect. It was just great. <laughs> Uh, and the fact that he kept it on and played into it was really funny. Um, they're going to have a steak uh, that's dinner? Like, yeah. Steak they're going to meet up one-on-one for a steak dinner. I would love to meet up somebody one-on-one for a steak dinner. Oh, man. I don't really eat steak. It's kind of weird. Do you I'm not? A, I'm like, a, it's got to be really, really good steak. And then I want it like perfect medium, you know, a little bit of seasoning. I'm but a medium I'm rare not, guy. I'm not a let's throw some steaks on the grill and get them from Kroger or something weird like that. I mean, I like good steak. I don't like. Don't shit on Kroger steak. Kroger has good steak. <laughs> I'm not into Kroger hey. steak. <laughs> it's a little chewy. Hey. In any case, they agree to the steak dinner. Um, Ortiz in the middle of that saying, we don't want you in the inner circle. I just think that's foreshadowing. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, I think you and I are on the right track here. We'll see what happens. Um, we cut to an interesting promo between Britt Baker and uh, Tony Schiavone at the spa. 
Um, and uh, and he's naked. Britt Baker, yeah, and he's naked, <laughs> covering himself with a towel. <laughs> but Britt Baker revealing rule number five to quote the legendary J.R. Jim Rossby, the baddest bitch on the block. And that's what she's trying to be. So, um, like I said, they're really good at keeping their performers relevant, even when they're not on screen in a match. So, uh, this is a good, good little promo. Tony Schiavone is a good sport, man. He is in some really interesting situations. Um, it really gives you that old school, like WWF feel, you know, like, I, I mean, think about like cr the crazy things, like when, when Vince was at like the hospital, you know, and stone Cold's there or when, uh, may young is having, you know, giving birth to a hand and just like those kinds of things. And like, they don't do that anymore. They just do like backstage interviews and backstage segments. So I'm really happy that AEW is doing these more creative, um, segments. Uh, I, I, I'm just a huge fan of them. Do you have anything else on this? Tony Schiavone was getting his chest wax for real. Legit, yeah. <laughs> that looked like it was fucking painful. Those girls yeah. were definitely having fun, though. Um, without further ado, man, let's get into the TNT Championship match. Uh, one Mr. Orange Cassidy versus the American Nightmare, the Prince of Pro Wrestling, Cody. Bleep. This match was good all in all, man. It really was. It was pretty solid. Uh, a lot of big spots in this match. Like I was trying to tell you earlier, um, there was just some spots where Orange Cassidy, like he threw a super kick that didn't connect whatsoever. Uh, there was just a couple spots where it seemed like he either got gassed or he just, he, he does that thing sometimes that like Sonny Kiss does where he throws something knowing that he's supposed to throw it. Not that he's going to connect. You know what I mean? Like, like Sonny Kiss knows, oh, I'm going to throw five forearms and then I'm going to throw them into the ropes. So one, two, three, four, five. And it's like he he's only throwing them because it's part of his routine, not because of it's needed in that moment in the match. You know what I mean? Like, he probably in his head, I'll throw that super kick. It doesn't connect, so he just moves on. And and Cody's going to – has to sell it because it's a, it's a super kick. He's got to sell it. You know what I mean? Do you know what spot I'm talking about? And Cody goes through the ropes afterwards. It was just really sloppy, in my opinion. Uh, but I think it's because it's a big stage. It's a big match, and he's trying to make sure it runs all perfect. You know, I've never done it, so uh, obviously I'm not – you know, some master fucking wrestler. I'm just what I see every single week. I watch a fuck ton of wrestling. And in my opinion, it's like, he's just trying to, um, get through the, um, basically it seemed like he called it in the back and he knew this is my super kick spot. Got to throw it. Don't have a lot of oomph behind it. I don't think you should throw it. You shouldn't throw it. If you, if it's not quick, if it's not, uh, you know, looking like it's connecting. It's like, just like punches. We've, we've said that a million times. You don't go throw a punch. If it looks like it's, you're throwing pillows. <laughs> uh, but there was a lot of, uh, you know, spots here where I thought maybe orange Cassidy is pulling this out. Maybe he's taking this from Cody one night, um, one night in, and, and it ends with this time limit, uh, draw kind of like he had with Darby Allen. Um, and this is some, this is actually good in my opinion. They're going to have like a rubber match uh, in two weeks. 
So this gives Cody some time to not have to defend. Maybe he he might still come out there, but this gives everybody else a little bit of uh, room here to have these other storylines go through these uh, these tournaments. We have two tournaments going on, uh, which hopefully you have all the <laughs> data on all that. Uh, but there was a lot of slick moments here. That Mishinoku driver, the fucking beach break, that is a finisher. The fucking that should be his finisher from now on. The 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 orange punch should be a V trigger. You know what I mean? What I compare yeah. it to. That that beach break is fucking awesome. That look, dude, he did it on the apron to Cody. Yep. That shit looked like it fucking hurt. What did you yep. have on this match? I'm dying to hear it. <laughs> yeah, I just wanted to give you your space to get your opinion out. Um a couple things before I get into the match, I do want to say I was uh, playing pool. I was watching Dynamite this week. I was telling you this earlier. I've got a buddy who's really into old wrestling. As a matter of fact, he he watches uh, weekly Nitro and Thunder matches uh, episodes on the network. Um, he really, really loves old school wrestling. Does not watch any of the new product, uh, but happened to be watching Dynamite with me. And he said to me as we were watching, he said, Cody would be a perfect heel. And I was like, I agree, dude. And I just wanted to make sure I came out here and told you that because I've been saying that for a while. You need to turn Cody heel. So um, definitely not the match that I was hoping to see out of the two of them. The match that I thought that they were capable of putting on. I think that they did a good job of building this one-year Dynamite anniversary as a spectacle. But I will say, like, Something we have not touched on yet. I think almost most of these matches this week, like the commercial break, like hats off to them for the picture and picture. Like it should always be that way. I hope it always is. But the commercial break really, really hurts these matches. Um, I think it definitely hurt this match. Um, I can't remember this. I don't have notes on it, but it was this one or another match. I actually went through two commercial breaks. Um, but yeah, it just seemed like they were holding back. That's just the perspective I got from it. I think Cody looked great here. And without Orange Cassidy, played his character great. But yeah, he did look sloppy here. And it wasn't just that. It wasn't just that spot. I mean, he does this, you know, reversals with his hands in his pockets and things like that. And it's probably very difficult to like maintain your balance and like shift your weight exactly where it needs to be. Um, but he sometimes Orange has a propensity to like, be at a weird angle which when his moves hit like the beach break or like the stun dog millionaire or certain things like that like they don't look like he catches all of it which could make him tend to look a little bit sloppy and i think he was okay. he was victim to that i do have to agree with your note about the beach break i love that move um i think it's a really good move i love that i love the stun dog millionaire um what do you do with the guy that wrestles with his freaking hands in his pocket like he's great but you have to wonder, like, for the future, like, does he fall into, like, this gimmick and, like, pigeonholed into this gimmick? Or is he going to be able to figure out a way to add more depth to the character? Like, you know, it's easy to do it on the mic, but the guy doesn't really use the mic, you know what I'm saying? Which I think, you know, is not necessarily always a good thing. Um, and no one's talking for him, really. So that might not be a good thing. Um, you know, it does kind of feel as he's not i won't say he didn't lose this match obviously as you mentioned earlier it kind of went uh it went to the time limit so we're going to see another match but he's had his 
chance at the belt before and he's lost. And if he doesn't win this one and conceivably he'll lose, um, you know, in two weeks, you know, where do you go from here? If you're a character as orange Cassidy, you know, like his relationship with best friends, doesn't really seem to benefit him at this time. Um, as a singles competitor, he's really losing the big matches. So I don't know. I mean, that's just, that's, you know, more than just this match, but I did just want to get that off my chest when talking about orange Cassidy, I'm a big fan of his, everybody knows that, but, uh, we got to figure out what to do with the guy from here. Um, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he takes the belt in two weeks and I'll be, maybe he turns heel. Who knows? I don't know. <laughs> Everything's changed from week to week. So that's just my observation at the moment. I, I don't know. What do you, do you have anything to say about that? Yeah, I, um, I, I, I do agree with you because he's already wrestled Jericho, one of the biggest mm-hmm. heels in the business right now. Um, and especially in AEW, <clears throat> the biggest star. So he's he's kind of been at the top. I mean, uh, it it almost seems like a Moxley uh, or somebody who's going to replace Moxley would be the only thing left if he loses to Cody for him to even go towards. But I think if he loses to Cody, man, he's he's got to go get back on the back burner. Maybe mm-hmm. just do some more managing spots here and there because you can't keep losing to these top stars. I mean, he beat Jericho, but you can't lose to Cody twice and then not get put on the back burner. I know there was an interview with the bucks and they were talking about how they basically got asked who, uh, you know, should we, we be looking forward to seeing this year? Uh, cause you know, you guys and, and Cody and Jericho were pretty much on the forefront and the bucks were kind of like, well, I mean, we weren't, but you know, Cody and Jericho were these big players and they had these big roles and really focused on them. And they said, uh, Kenny Omega and, and Darby Allen are going to be the, the two guys to really look out for, and they're going to have the most impact storyline wise. So maybe, maybe, uh, orange Cassidy kind of steps out of the big time limelight and starts giving it to more of a, you know, Kenny Omega or um, uh, Darby Allen or any anybody else in the singles division. Shit, a fucking Scorpio Sky. Somebody who has been here since day one, has worked his ass off and, and deserves more of a, a limelight storyline. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And I think I think that's really good, too, to hear. That was refreshing to hear. Um, I think conceivably we're going to get the cleaner back. And we're going to have a heel Kenny as a champion, which would be nice because I think Hangman needs to be face and be in chase mode uh, for a while. Um, I, I, you know, we'll go over the tournament that you mentioned, but I, I, I think it's going to happen. I think we're going to see him in the finals. I don't, I don't, don't see why not at this point. Um, but uh, yeah, I think you're right. In order to have somebody graduate to the main event scene, like there's only only so many slots that are getting that regular TV time. So. Uh, conceivably one of those slots would have to be given up by somebody and maybe it's just time for him to transition out. We'll see. Um, there's no shame in that. You know, he could still wrestle on dark. He could be, you know, if they're trying to build dark up to a credible show and get some credible matches, like he could be that guy, you know, he's had a, a taste of this. There's, there's a lot of people that follow him like myself that, um, you know, who people who haven't been regular viewers of dark that might start watching dark because of it. So uh, we'll see what ends up happening here. Um, but uh, as we mentioned earlier, we had some more of these uh, Lance Archer scenes. Um, Alex Marvez tried to interview him backstage. John Moxley attacked him. Another brawl broke out. Um, I think it was after this one that we learned that the – is it after this one that we learned that the title match is going to be a no-DQ match? 
I think so. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So we learned that here. Um, from there, we quickly moved on into another segment, uh, Matt Hardy being interviewed at ringside by Tony Schiavone. Um, you know, him revealing that he's medically cleared to be wrestled again. We've heard that a million times from Matt Hardy over the decades. Um, uh, but I think that's just, uh, you know, one of the pitfalls when you wrestle a style like Matt Hardy has done for a lot of years. So, um, Sammy Guevara essentially interrupts this on the big screen, um, reveals that he's the one who attacked Matt. Ah, go figure. So, uh, that program continues, as you mentioned earlier. Um, so a lot of kind of storylines involving the inner circle right now. Um, did you have anything else on this? I like that. They're going back to this. I really do. I know the spot with him at the pay-per-view was messy. I hope they get a chance to just stay in the ring, do it over on the pay-per-view and just give us a solid match that we want from those two because it this feud is great, man. Now it's a blood feud. It really is. Right, right. They could have a uh they could just have like a, a, a I don't know, like a TLC match sort of, tables, ladders and chairs around the ring. Just do something that's wild and crazy and keep it safer in the ring to where we know Matt Hardy's not going to die. Uh, <laughs> or Sammy <laughs> for this point. Uh, Rebby Hardy comes out of nowhere and <laughs> fucking hits Sammy Guevara with a bat. <laughs> King Maxwell. Oh, yeah. Just something nuts like that. But, you know, this is this is good for me. I like Sammy Guevara getting some more st- storyline with Matt Hardy, getting uh, back into the limelight and not just being an inner circle guy. Uh, which I hope Santana and Ortiz get again, just like that street brawl was fucking amazing with them. So yeah, good stuff. Mm. Okay. This next segment was this tag team four way picks. Uh, Mm. the, the picks were three and four silver and Reynolds private party, the butcher and the blade and the young bucks. Dude, I am here all day for the super kick party that happened. It was fucking awesome, man. They super kicked the shit out of people. Private party helping them out, thinking, oh, yeah, we know the Bucks. They like us. It's no big deal. Boom, super kick to the face. This ain't the Bucks you used to know, brother. Oh, yeah, dude, this is great, man. I'm here for this. Uh, what'd you have on this little segment here? I'm just excited for the match. I think it'll be a crazy freaking match. I mean, AEW loves them some eight-men matches. Or, I'm sorry, uh, eight. I, don't, I guess this is an eight-on-eight or I'm sorry, four on four, I guess it's uh, how many? 16 people? Or it's eight people at one time. Yeah, these eight-man yeah. matches. They love them, some eight-man matches. So this one should be fun, just like all the other ones. But uh, from here, we moved on into the AEW Women's World Title match. It was Big Swole versus the champion, one of my favorite wrestlers, Hikaru Shida. Um, I didn't believe for a second going into this match that Swole was going to take out Sheeta, to be honest with you. I thought the storyline was very rushed, and I never, ever bought Big Swole leading up to that and her singles matches that she was really going to be a threat. With that said, this was the best she looked. I think, though, that's because of Hikaru Sheeta. I think Sheeta obviously is the best opponent she's had um, since she started her little singles uh, run to the title. Um but yeah, she just sold for her. She obviously looks great, has great, great offense. I think Kakar she has one of the deepest moveset of any wrestlers on the roster. Um, you know, looking like she was actually going to lose for a hot second, but grabbing the rope, uh, the positioning made that obvious, but still a, a tense moment. Uh, but essentially she hit two running knees, 
uh, picks up the one, two, three. Um, I think she, uh, she hit one Falcon arrow earlier in this. I don't think she hit it at the end. She just hit those two running knees, but, uh, overall good match. But, uh, again, I, I didn't expect anything different in this match. what did you have? Yeah, man, the, the, the rising knee on the apron. I love that spot. She did another one with the chair. But if you watch Big Swole, it's like she didn't jump high enough to get over the barricade. So Sheeta deadlifts her over mm-hmm. the fucking barricade, man. She's a beast. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I do got to say, Big Swole, man, you got to tighten up. You really do. I, I don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it, what it was about this night, but it seemed like every single match on this card, there were sloppy moments, man. Like real bad sloppy moments. Yeah, yeah. From the start, the tag match. Yeah, from the start, there was definitely some slop. Yep. So, I don't think maybe it was just the the year anniversary curse, the pressure mm. of being this big, whatever. I mean, they did great in the ratings, uh, but it's like all over Twitter and everything, and that this wasn't the best episode of Dynamite. Which not all of them can be fucking home runs. Sometimes you gotta. You know, hit a double. You got to get on base. You know, just something. Uh, and this, to me, was a a solid get on base. Just a, a mm-hmm. solid, nice hit. Um, you know, setting up for the next batter, uh, which next week it looks like we got a, a solid card. But um, mm-hmm. this this match, man, it it was all right. I like the headbutt uh, spots, the two cutters that she hit, uh, Big Swole did, and. Uh, uh, but you can tell Sheeta's really pulling this out. You can see her mm-hmm. calling shit in the ring. They picked it up a couple times on camera. Uh, mm-hmm. That's another thing that they gotta watch, man. That's the that's the one thing about the WWE that's really nice is you will, I mean, super rarely catch them talking to each other. That's not like talking shit. You, they do a lot of snug moments where they where they throw out the moves here and there. But they're so produced over there that maybe they don't even call them backstage either anymore it's just all some other guy saying okay you're gonna drop down uh you know give it a hold and flip around and do all you know what i mean just they they're just really good at the spots like when they have when they're when they're tied up in the turnbuckle and they got the high arm before like the whip to the other side Mm -hmm. they'll call stuff out when the arms are up in the mouth you know what i'm saying like they're they really do a good job of training them on when to call their spots. I will say that. But I have a, I have a they, question. Do, they do tell guys to go out there and call a match on the fly. I mean, that's that happens. So it my point is it does happen in their matches. They just uh they're good at telling their guys when not to do it. But their their camera guys got cameramen have many, many years of experience. You were saying some interesting things earlier. Um the one thing I was disappointed about was with all the hype of it being that, you know, the anniversary dynamite, you know, only pulling out 826,000. I, I was hoping to hit that million for the show. It would have been nice, but um, I'm wondering, you know, they, they hyped up previous week for Jericho 30. Um, they've been hyping up previous weeks for special, like Thursday night dynamite, late night dynamite. Like they're trying to really make all these dynamites feel special. And if every dynamite special, like it's dynamite special, um, so I just wonder if that the viewership is kind of a product of them hyping up every week as like a sort of special kind of week. You know, what I'm, does that make sense? I mean, it does, but um, just just a thought. There were really high numbers uh, throughout the night, actually, uh, like a steady nine something. I was just reading about it, actually, uh, that they, mm-hmm. they're doing great numbers still. Um, 
I just think you have that that flipping back and forth segment mm-hmm. like that three to four hundred thousand people that flip back and forth that really stagger that uh that rating from time to time but you know they they hold steady numbers throughout the night and they, they're placing yeah. i mean nxt the, hasn't even been placing a couple of nights you know interestingly enough they they did dominate nxt in the ratings but and i know this is an aew podcast i don't ever want to give competitor like airtime but i, I gotta give them their props <laughs> nxt put on one of the I just I kind of read the reviews. It looked like one of the tightest shows that they had in a while. So um, hopefully uh, AEW tightens it up. Dynamite tightens it up next week. Hopefully those jitters are out of them. But cause we we just had a lot of great matches that were announced, and I think building up to that, like your expectations. And like I said, call it call it what it is. Maybe some of the slop, like I I mentioned earlier, commercial breaks really hurting what are supposed to be like big monumental matches. Mm-hmm. Um, but in any case, from there, we had a, a, a video package of Sean Spears um, claiming that Scorpio Sky owed him for what happened um, during the match a few weeks ago um, and that he planned on collecting his debts. So um, really continuing to harass Scorpio Sky here. We are going to get that segment we or that match, uh, presumably. Um, hopefully it's either a full gear or it's in two. Did they announce that? For, they didn't announce that for next week, did they? Nope. No, I think he's so fighting maybe, um, Christopher Daniels next week on Dark. Yes, yes. So conceivably, we're going to get that program, which, hey, sign me up for. I think they're both mm-hmm. great workers, and we deserve to see that. So um, do you have anything to add to that, or do you, uh, did you want to move on to our main event of the evening? Yeah, get on to it. Go ahead, man. Let's see what you got. Mr. John Moxley versus the Murder Hawk. Lance Archer. Lance Archer coming out to this new theme song. He's shaved his long uh, Mudvayne beard. If you don't know who old Mudvayne is when they used to wear the face paint and you had the two big... Okay, anyways. um, Oh, yeah. Crashing through the glass, just making this big entrance. Um, Dude, this match to me was fucking cool. It was just fun. I really uh, enjoyed watching it, you know. I like the garbage wrestling type shit. It got turned into no DQ. So I like the table spots, the chair spots. There was a lot of big moments where you thought, holy shit, Lance Archer is a fucking hoss. And then other moments where you, you just thought, Moxley it can't be beat by fucking anybody. And he proved it tonight, he beating uh, you know Lance Archer with that counter pin. Uh, so Lance Archer still coming away, still looking like a monster. Because, I mean, if you think about it, he had the blackout. He had Mox down. Mox countered that last minute, one, two, three. Uh, the ref counting pretty quick there. <laughs> uh, but there were, there was just a lot of cool little segments, man. Choke slamming through them chairs. Uh, just cool shit. I really like this match. What did, what did you have on this? Yo, for a hot second, I thought he was going to pin him off that first paradigm shift. I was up to like, no fucking way. Like, they're just going to like... <laughs> write the legend of john moxley like right this second <laughs> pins the murder hawk monster in four seconds yeah he um almost killed him with but, that uh, yo this was all lance archer though for the most part moxley got some offense in the middle um but he does work really well especially as a face he does work well from below i think most face characters work well from below um, but he does kind of always have that anti-hero thing going on like stone cold did mm-hmm. um you know, so he he can wrestle on both sides of the fence, but I do like him wrestling from below. 
Um, you know, he had killer promos leading up to this match. His one last week, uh, you know, convinced you that he believes, hey, look, Lance can't beat me, but I'm I'm a bad mother effer, and you're gonna have to put me down to do it. And and uh Lance looked like he was up to the task. Um I didn't suspect that tonight was the night that Moxley was gonna lose. Um you know what, but for with that said, I do think Lance Archer put on a hell of a believable performance as far as a formidable opponent can be. Um, he definitely took Moxley to the limit here. Um, I love Moxley being that, and I mean this in an endearing term, but like literally like literally like a cockroach that's just going to survive, <laughs> you know, and just do whatever it takes to survive. And it's always about is surviving. And it's like, it doesn't matter. Like it doesn't have to be the prettiest thing. It doesn't have to be the cleanest thing. Like it doesn't matter. He's got the belt at the end of the night. So he survives this one, like you said, on a, uh, you know, on a reversal from the blackout. I thought, I thought that was it, but he turned it into a one, two, three of his own. Um, obviously after this match, we had Eddie Kingston on Mike, the whole match. Oh, he's an interesting dude on the mic. Sometimes I think he takes over too much, um, on the mic and Excalibur definitely had to like ring him in a little bit when he was like calling out the moves and doing really the, uh, you know, the play by play, but, um, you know, playing like he's going to be friends with Moxley coming down, sending the Lucha bros down with steel chairs to clear the ring and essentially save Moxley from an attack by Archer. Um, you know, talking about how they go way back, way back. But interestingly enough that we're supposed to believe that, but on commentary before he was talking about how Moxley, you know, uh, ran off to the land of entertainment, which I thought was a really funny barb. Um, but coming down, you know, uh, talking Moxley up, Lucha Bros holding him up, getting their belt, um, him not knowing what to think, you know, hugging Moxley, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then exactly what we thought was going to happen. Um, spinning back fist, taking Moxley out, shoving the title in his face, you know, pretty much saying that it's going to be his and that he never tapped. So he was never officially eliminated from the match and he never tapped out. So Eddie Kingston certainly does have a claim to the title. So conceivably we're going to get another one of these one-on-one brawls. There's going to be a stipulation to it. There's going to be, it's going to be, I don't know, an I quit match or I don't know what the one match is where they uh, have to like knock them out where they can't answer a 10 count or KO match. I'm not sure what the hell they're called, Um, but conceivably they're going to have to have some sort of gimmick match or, or what have you, but um, that should be a good match. Um, and the belt sure did look good uh, with Kingston, didn't it? Yeah, I think it's going to be a triple threat, man. I think Archer, Eddie Kingston, John Moxley is a great fucking match. Archer's over, dude. You really think he gets another opportunity? None of the other guys who have lost to Moxley have gotten another opportunity. Kingston would be the first. Well, they they both have these, like, because even the, the Murder Hawk uh, went on Twitter saying, look, you countered the blackout. You never actually beat me. You didn't lay me out. Uh, you hit me with a quick pin. Uh, you know, Scorpio Sky and them have done this uh, multiple times where he just rolls somebody up, gets them, uh, and, and wins the, the tag belts. You, you know? Hey, a win's a win. A loss. If, if a win's a win, then a loss has to be a loss. You know what I'm saying? Like, exactly. if Moxley, like, retains the title and a win's a win, like... It he's just has to and be said the same way. He's twenty and zero. That's a fucking. Hey. That's a champ right there, man. I really love he's, the fact that they're just letting him. Letting he's him. PW, keep it. Was he was PWI's number one, wasn't he? Yes, sir. Yeah, they well, gotta run it, with him. Hey, hats off to him, man. Like, 
That's as well deserved. He's oh, been yeah. and 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 again, the people who have been watching him for years have, have known that that's there. Have known that that was there and that that was a possibility. And it's just like so fucking neutered by Vince and WWE. I'm just so thankful as a fan that like we get to see these people in like their truest form, and that makes it so entertaining. They're calling him the pandemic uh, champ. He's going to be the champ for the entire pandemic. <laughs> Why change it? I mean, you and I have talked about it. Like that should be a monumental occasion when he drops it. And do you yep. want to do that in front of like 600 people? Or like, do you want to do that in front of like 20,000 people? You know what I'm saying? 10,000 people. Yeah, I, I totally I mean, agree. He doesn't have to drop it. Like it doesn't have to happen. I don't think anybody's tired, sick of the Moxley reign, are they? Nope. I mean, how long does uh, Brock Lesnar usually keep his belt before he drops it and then picks it up the he, next day? <laughs> he's usually like a ten month guy. You don't usually see him get to the year. Um, he's then, usually like a ten monther. He's yeah, and then he get he loses it for like a, a month or two, and then he gets it back, and then he goes for another. Yeah, year. he's like a a, a lose <laughs> at WrestleMania, win at SummerSlam kind of guy. <laughs> <laughs> you know it's like clockwork every year it's like oh, okay yeah. well lesnar's coming back to take the title because he's automatic that's why i like aew that there's no rematch clauses like fuck that shit like they call him a rubber match and orange cassidy is getting one i mean you can get a rubber match if both parties agree but like you why are you guaranteed a, a rematch if you lose a belt yeah no that makes sense if, like if you lose you lose yep like if you lose in the ranking, if you're number two in the rankings and you lose, like you don't stay number two. So why should you stay? You know, that's just my opinion. The only thing I find weird is, uh, so like, say John Moxley loses the title, he does stay the number one contender until he gets yeah. knocked down from there. So I mean, is that technically his rematch? I wouldn't say so because. I mean, as you and I have seen, like, it took how long was MJF the number one contender before he came out and said, like, I'm the number one contender and I'm challenging you? Yeah. Like, he was the number one contender for a while. I guess the rankings don't really mean <laughs> that much shit right now. <laughs> I guess, yeah, during the pandemic. Nah. Oh, man. But another dynamite in the books. So let's get right into. The official match of the week. All right, ladies and gentlemen, is that time again for the official match matches of the week? Maybe we need to change it. The official matches of the week. Uh, <laughs> my <laughs> official match of the week. Um, I'm going with that tag match in the beginning, man. The, the ending was kind of flimsy, but I think the match itself was really fucking fun. Uh, you know, mm -hmm. best friends looking great together. Their gear finally matching like to the T instead of kind of being off. Uh, Chucky T looking fantastic. Uh, Trent taking a lot of damage, but FTR working like a solid fucking tag team uh, and retaining the belt. So that is my match of the week. Uh, what do you got? Yeah, man, I'm going to go with the main event from Dynamite. Um, we touched on that match. I mean, we really didn't even get into the meat and potatoes of this match. There was a lot of weapons usage. Um, Lance Archer taking a paradigm shift through two fucking tables. Um, when you thought for sure twice earlier in the match that Moxley was going to go through, but he never did held on, um, you know, going for the, uh, uh, the little dive through the ropes getting slammed in the head with a trash can, bringing a bunch of chairs out, you know, just it, it turned into a brutal fight. 
I mean, they definitely utilize the no DQ aspect of this match. I highly recommend going back and rewatching this match. Um, I myself need to go back and rewatch this match for sure. So, um, yeah, it did cap off a great week of Dynamite. But before we say goodbye to you, I did want to talk about the AEW tournament for the uh, number one contendership for the world championship. Um, in the first round, we have singles matches versus uh, – I'm sorry, we have singles match singles matches with penta uh versus ray phoenix uh, which i had alluded to earlier in the night which is going to be a great match um and the match below them the winner of that match will face the winner of kenny omega and joey janela um poor joey janela <laughs> yeah buddy. he's losing <laughs> he's um <laughs> yeah and, and on the other side of the tournament we have uh wardlow against jungle boy that's a rather interesting match i don't know what way they're going to go with that match um Wardlow to this point has, I think, still only lost the one match to Cody in that steel cage match, correct? Yep. Um, but they've been building Jungle Boy, obviously. So um, that's the kind of thing I like. The same thing with the Penta and Ray match. Um, the only match so far um, that I think is one sided is that Omega Janela match. So again, that'll be Wardlow versus Jungle Boy. The winner of that match will be facing Colt Cabana, boom, boom, against Hangman Adam Page. Um, that's, that's the other one-sided. Yeah, that's one-sided. Yeah, poor boom, boom. <laughs> he's um, he's so going down. We will have Hangman Page face the winner of Wardlow and Jungle Boy, and Kenny Omega will face the winner of Penta and Ray Phoenix. Um, damn, man, aren't you excited for that Penta-Ray Phoenix match? Oh, dude. <laughs> the thing that's got me more excited than that is Kenny Omega has had barn-burning matches with penta and ray phoenix. and ray yes dude ray phoenix and kenny omega for the mega championship uh which kenny omega just uh vacated because you know i guess fuck triple a i don't know what happened there but he's not the mega champion anymore um i i i i kind of want to see the pentagon match more i think that is a an ode to the first uh all in instead of uh because they can't they can't use all in <laughs> they got to use all out oh my god dude they got they need they need to give us 30 minutes of kenny versus penta they it really would be do. so fucking dope they're so they're both so uh entertaining and, and good and they're vicious and i would love to see uh you know penta take some v triggers but um, Kenny Omega get chopped around and kicked in the feet and, uh, you know, have the mm. Seattle Miedo thrown in his face. I just think it's going to be awesome. Dude, but they I know each other so well and they would just beat the shit out of each other. I'm calling it now. I think it's Kenny versus Wardlow at the end and not Hangman. I think Hangman loses to Wardlow in this tournament. I think that's going to be the big upset. I think Kenny Omega is going to be waiting like, all right, come on, Hangman. Let's get in there and let's have this match. And Hangman loses. And that's what makes Hangman maybe put down the drink finally. Interesting. Um, yeah, look at that, man. That's a storyline right there. I he don't know. He finally throws I th the fucking liquor. I just lost the fucking Wardlow. What am I doing? I don't know. They, uh, I think time will tell what AEW tells us how they feel about Wardlow here. You know, if he loses the Jungle Boy, I think I think yeah I think Page beats Jungle Boy. Yeah, I for don't sure. think I I don't I don't know I don't think you would do. In my opinion, why are you gonna give us 
Penta versus Ray, and then Kenny versus the winner of that match to give us a Kenny Jungle Boy main event, which will never live up to the either of those two matches. Nope. I think it's I mean, it, dude, it even could come down to Kenny and Hangman both losing in the semifinals. It could, yeah. We could have Wardlow versus Penta for all mm-hmm. we know, or Wardlow versus Ray, or and Jungle just, Boy versus Dude, Wardlow's going I think Wardlow's going to the end on that side. It's either Hangman or Wardlow, and it's either Penta or Kenny. <laughs> Um, I think Ray Phoenix, man, is awesome, but I think Eddie Kingston's going to get involved in that match because he calls Penta his best friend, and he calls Ray Phoenix a great wrestler. So he's got to help out his best friend, man. I think he's going to. I don't we'll know. We'll see what happens, this man. Little, I don't know. little uh, storylines going on here. I'm really excited I, for this. I'm really scared. If I was a betting man, I'd be really scared at that Wardlow Jungle Boy match. I've got no idea which way that one's gonna go. Wardlow's got to be Jungle Boy, man. Dude, I they've th- built both. They've built both up to ha- seemingly have a future with the company. So something's got to give, obviously. But Wardlow can't lose to Jungle Boy. Jungle Boy can lose to anybody, and he's still over because he's fucking Jungle Boy. He's literally Jack Perry. He, he could do no wrong. It's true, but a loss to Jungle Boy could spark the MJF, like belittling of Wardlow about how he can lose and kind of maybe help separate them. I don't know. It just depends on where they want to go. Um, to me, they spent a lot more time developing jungle boys character um, and entering a- a- acumen and our familiarity with it than they have Wardlow obviously in the past year. So um, I don't know. It, it could go either way. Do you, you, I know you see what I'm saying. I just, Oh, yeah. Who do you got on this uh, tag, this four-way tag match? Or do you think it's the Young Bucks taking it, or uh, do you got one of these other teams? I don't think they're going to rush Bucks versus FTR. So um, I think I think, I think think it's Butcher and the Blade take it. Hmm. I think, I, think I really want <laughs> Silver and Reynolds to come out of nowhere and maybe roll up Private Party or something like that and get a number one contendership. I think that'd be funny. But I, I, I would like to see Silver and Reynolds go against FTR. Hmm. Uh, but, I mean, the big money match is the Young Bucks, man. I love the Young Bucks. They're mean I and know. vicious. Maybe they get the, uh, you know, the number one contendership and go, right now that we have it, we're going to hold off. We're going to hold on to it. We're going to see what you guys uh, have to offer. We're going to throw some more links in your chain. You're going to have a, a couple more, you know, brush, brush with greatness or whatever it's called. Or well, they look. Go ahead. I was gonna say I knew you were gonna pick Young Bucks. That's why I gave it to you. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, I I really hope that they do, um, because they also could get the number one contendership, and you know, FTR say, oh, we don't really want to wrestle you guys right now. We have the you know brush with greatness right now. We already have four tag matches lined up. We said we get to pick our you know our opponents, and we are, and they're not you. Sorry, you're just gonna have to wait in line. Hmm. Either way, we can both agree that it's going to be great to see the Young Bucks in the ring again. I should book shows. That's what I should do. I don't know. If you go back and listen to all of our episodes, we've thrown out a lot of ideas that have never come to fruition. So I don't know, dude. That Brick Baker and uh, that that literally was to the T. It's like they listened and just said, fuck, that's a good idea. Let's do that. <laughs> uh, but without further ado, guys, that's the end of Dynamite. That's the end of the homework. That's the end of all the segments. You know where to find us on Twitter. Um, we might have to make it easier for these people to find us. 
maybe these people don't have Twitter. <laughs> but it's so they're hiding. They're hiding. Y'all are hiding. Yep. Um, you can find me. It at, says we get. A, it says we definitely get several hundred of you a week. So yeah. stop hiding. I'm at J Engler at 88 or at 100 Elite Pod, the official Twitter page for 100% Elite Podcast. They can find you at. I'll give you Orange Zachity. That's O R A N G E Z A C I T Y. Give me a reason to make a post there. I check it every day. No one's talking. Quit hiding. <laughs> uh, we might have to just create a Facebook page. Maybe maybe we're in the 50 plus demo. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so be on the lookout for that. Maybe there'll be a, a, a Facebook.com slash 100% Elite Podcast uh, popping up soon uh also check out my boy edge uh if you like the song at the end the full music is on youtube check him out uh at edge 419 is his youtube shade channel for i think that's for gaming i think his normal one is just edge music for sure uh bug him on twitter all that stuff you guys have heard this a million times uh but I think that does it for us, guys. See ya. We are many. You are one. We have plenty. You have some. You're taking this so serious. But I'm only doing this for fun. You're walking backwards while I run. Met with doubt because you're out done. Open my mouth as I erupt. Regretting what you just begun. You're never stopping me. You're never stopping this. You never saw me coming, but you must acknowledge this. So I'll just bring the heat and leave them powerless to try to step to me. So maybe you should crawl a bit. You're